0: Welcome to the Dear Sparrows podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the concept of rest. And something that is, that's something really heavy on my heart right now. Um, I think most most of you guys know my real day job as much as I'd like for it just to be making podcasts and writing books. I am a grade school teacher, so I teach sixth grade English. And next year I'm undertaking teaching AP European History, which is very exciting. But also a little overwhelming. And I'm officially now on summer, which I think that's just, for a teacher, that's, like, the end goal. That's, like, okay, if I can get to summer, I'm good. But then there's, like, all these feelings of bittersweet of you're really upset because you're going to miss your students. And, like, for the first couple days, you're just you're super hype. And you're, like, yes, I'm done. I get to sleep in. I get to rest. I get to do what I want. And then by next week, I'm going to be wondering how Chloe's cats are doing. And I'm going to be sad and wanting an update on everybody's, you know, lives and whatever. But today, that's not what we're talking about. Today, we're talking about the concept of rest. And I think in every profession, um, it can be really easy for us to fall into this place of getting through it and not anything else. You, you look at it, you start your week, it's like, okay, you know, you're at Sunday night, you get to Monday morning, all right, I just got to get through this week and I'll be okay. But how often do all of us say that every single week? And to the point where you look back and you have spent most of your life just getting through it and you're wasting your time. You're, you're just getting through life, you're going through the motions, you're going through the routine just to get to some point in which you fixate on, that, okay, I'll be happy then. And I think, I think we all do that. I think it's easy to do that. I think it's honestly um, a human nature thing to just try and get through it. And we believe that once we get to a certain point that we are going to be happy, that life will be uh, as it should be. But when we reach that point, often we're just trying to get through it till we get to the next thing, you know? And how often do we fall into that entrapment and then we look back and you look in the mirror and you see those great little wrinkles on the sides of your eyes and you see those in pictures and and you feel older and you feel tired and you just want to rest and then we set up these vacations but these vacations that we take are often so jam-packed of schedule of events that by the time you get back all you want to do is sleep and so Something I've been wrestling with a lot is the concept of what holy rest really is and what that really looks like in our lives and how can we actually put that into action. And I am going to stand first in line and say that I overpack my schedule, I overwork myself and I spend too much time um, working. And working doesn't just mean actually being at work. It can also mean doing activities and putting yourself in places where you're overrun maybe you volunteer a lot at your church, maybe you volunteer with youth like I do, and you love it, you love every ounce of it, but you're tired at the end of the day, and there's little time that you allow for yourself. And I kind of went through this own time, just personal application, where really the only thing I was doing for me uh, to recharge myself, aside from a little bit of Bible time in the morning and at night, was I was just binging stuff on Netflix. And that's great at times, and that's Honestly, I think, I don't think Netflix is something that is wrong or bad. I think most of the stuff I watch on there is The Office or the Watership Down series or things like that. But I was binging it and it was kind of just, I really just wanted to go mindless. And and that's what it was, I wasn't even really absorbing the story at times. Um, I was more mindlessly going through just this place where I could focus on a screen to turn off my brain. But that's not real rest. And I was kind of buying into this idea that somehow if I could just unplug my brain and stop thinking and stop moving and stop working that that would provide me rest. But I would find each of those times that I didn't have any rest in that. I kind of felt more exhausted and it was merely just a method of me to ignore my surroundings. And so I, I really found myself in this place where I was just really spiritually exhausted and emotionally exhausted and physically exhausted. And I looked at my schedule and thought, okay, well, what can I cut back on? What can I um, have for more self-preservation? And, and that was difficult as well because when you work full-time, you volunteer at your church on the weekends, and you really want to be present and available for people, it can be really hard to figure out what you can cut back on. And I became really tired of just living a lifestyle of let me get through it. And um, I went through a time at work, there were some things going on that uh, were really difficult um, with another colleague. And I thought, okay, well, I just, if I can just get through these last couple months of school, I'll be fine. And something that during my prayer time was really posed to me was the idea of not just getting through it. What can I grow from this and what can I experience through this and how can I find holy rest? So, you know, now being on the other side, finishing, um, I'm really glad for this past season because as hard as it was and difficult as it was, the Lord really saw me through a time where I actually grew. I, in a lot of ways, for the first time in nearly 30 years, um, had a backbone about things, and I stood up for myself, and the way that it came out was honestly better than, even as a writer, I could have ever written, and I'm thankful for that, Um, but the idea of holy rest as well, and so I recently wrote a Crosswalk article on this as well, Um, I write for Crosswalk too, I don't know if I ever plug that, it's not really a plug, it's just whatever, but in the article, I was talking about what does holy rest really look like. And that really comes to getting alone time with God. And that's, that's important because, and this is kind of the vital steps of what does alone time with God really look like. And even if you only have 10, 15 minutes that you can devote and give for alone time with God, making that uh, quality time over quantity of time. You know, the more quantity you can give is great, but really what is the quality that you're giving? And... Um, what that looks like is really blocking out any other form of distraction, anything that is going to be going and buzzing in your brain and and turning that off. And that first and foremost, turn your phone off, leave your phone in another room because your phone going off, dinging someone calling you, that is going to break anything that you have that is just you and God. So turning that off, leaving that alone. Um, this is a big thing too. I know a lot of people are really hype on just having their Bible on their phone or on their iPad. And I mean, that's great for quick reference, but there is nothing. You can't compare it to having actual, the physical word of the Bible with you. I mean, having that set before you where you get to meditate on the word of God and it's not something that can be plugged in to an outlet. So I'm a big proponent, big, you know, don't leave, leave the electronics in the other room and focus on the physical word of God. You can literally get Bibles at the dollar store. So you can go to a church and get them for free. Heck, if you message me, I'll send you one for free. Um, you know, and just having that physical word of God before you and and meditating on that. And Job talks about that a lot. Um, and, and throughout the book of Job, is, is meditating on the word of God. And it's also ma- mentioned in, in Matthew, of, you know, meditating on scripture. Um, but really coming before God, putting that aside. And and something I would recommend is there's kind of this like random chatter that goes on in the back of your head. And this is not, that you're not crazy. Everybody gets the same it, it sounds crazy when you say it, but if you kind of think about it, then you're like, yeah, you know, like when you have like a song stuck in your head, And you might be thinking about something else. You might even be in a conversation with somebody else. But there's still that song stuck in the back of your head. And you can't really shake it and you don't know why. That's a mindless chatter thing. And I went to this church once and a a pastor brought that up. And at first I was like, what are you talking about? There's like other voices in your head or something. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, that song has been stuck in the back of my head all day or these wandering thoughts of, okay, what do I need to get from the grocery store later? Okay. Did I do that? Did I check that off my list? I wonder what would happen if I did this, you know, like this, these mindless little tangents that go on in the back of your head. And what the pastor did was was pray for us for that mindless chatter to be silenced. And I didn't realize that that was something that could be silenced. Um, And I think it's something that we have to do a lot. Um, But really, coming before the throne of God in our quiet time, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes and saying, Lord, I pray that you silence any voice that's not yours during this time alone with you. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that all this mindless chatter, all of these the songs stuck in the back of my head, anything that would distract me or come between you and I during this time, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that it is silenced, And it is not allowed to pop up during this time because this time is holy and is reserved for just God and I. And so really coming before God and bringing that and starting off that way. I think the next thing is bringing before God any unrepentant sin or unforgiveness that you have that you need to bring to him. Because if we, that's going to put a divide between God and us. You know, that's going to put something where we cannot move forward. Um, and we cannot really hear God if we have all of these little stains everywhere. And you can't be uh, pure and blameless before God if you have all these things that you're just not bringing up. And God already knows. I mean, it's not like God doesn't know the things we've done or the things we've thought or the animosity we're holding against someone else. But bringing that to God and saying, Lord, these are the things that I'm holding on to and I really want to let them go. And so before I even kind of visualize it um you know in Matthew after Jesus has passed um before he's resurrected when he's on the cross it talks about how the veil was torn into and at the time in the Jewish tradition and and way the way things took place um was there is this veil that was actually like crazy thick i think it was like a foot thick um it was this curtain that the priest could go past so there would be this one room that they would come to, then there's the veil, and then there's the holiest of holy rooms. And what it signified when, when Jesus died was that the division and the breaking. I mean, literally this foot-thick curtain veil um, tore in half. And what that signified is that we can come to the throne of God ourselves. We do not have to have a middleman. Um, we can come before the Father, and we can come to Him and ask and talk and pray and come before him and so in my kind of visualization of it if i am holding back if i have these feelings of unforgiveness if i have this unrepentant sin i am allowing there to be this foot thick curtain there again because jesus died and tore the curtain in order for us to be able to go to the father right um and if i am letting i'm letting that curtain still remain if i can't come blamelessly before God. And so giving that to him and saying, Lord, I I need to give this to you. And sometimes we don't even know what to do with it. Maybe it's a place where it's like, I'm not ready to forgive this person, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, because that's something I think we should work on. Or I don't know how to handle this and I I messed up here, so I'm going to give it to you because I don't know how else to handle it. Um, And and really taking that to God first and foremost in our quiet time and just giving that to him. So step one, praying away the mindless chatter, the distractions, turning off distractions that are physical that we can actually literally turn off. Step two, coming before him with unrepentant sin and unforgiveness that we need to just hand over to him because he wants to take. Um, And step three, really just asking him for a holy rejuvenation, a rest, and just to... You know, embrace us. Um, one of my favorite verses of all time is Psalm 91 1, and it says, um, Whoever dwells underneath the shelter of his wings shall find rest. And I love it for the imagery of wings and everything like that. And I've got the birds going on again on the podcast, which I'm happy about. And they're very loud today, which makes me very happy. Um, but really, praying and and coming under his wings, coming under his shelter. And you think about that imagery of you are in this protective um, holding of him, that he is coming over you, literally embracing you with his wings, and that you are safe within him. So anything that you say, anything you reveal to him is safe within him. He is the ultimate confidant. He is the ultimate safe and stronghold. And saying to God, I don't wanna just get through life anymore because when I just get through life, I waste my time. And I know that you say in Ecclesiastes 3:1 that there's a reason for everything, that there's for every season, there's for every time there's a matter under heaven. And so you have me in this specific place. And even if I'm in a place where I hate it, it feels like I am literally in this holding prison. Lord, I give this to you because there's a reason that I am here right now and I I truly I hand it over to you help reveal to me the reason help bring out the things that you want me to learn so I don't have to repeat this again and and help just bring me into honestly your peace and rest and maybe you're in a time where you were just completely burned out that the cisterns that you you know of you are just empty and you're broken and you're sad and you're exhausted and you cry at random times and you don't know why and you just hand that over to God. And I think there's something to be said for holy rest versus just sleeping. Because you can go sleep and you can wake up exhausted. I can't, I mean, there's so many times where I'll go and I'll take a nap or something and I wake up and you have that horrible migraine headache and it's because you're you're not really like resting. You might be sleeping, but that's a physical thing. And so, you know, as humans, we are mind, body, and spirit, okay? So the body requires sleep for rest. But that rest is and sleep is only restful to the body, not to the mind and spirit. For the mind, prayer time, alone time with God, peace, um, and even just spending time in nature or spending time doing something that you love, that's the rest for the mind where you can let the mind be at ease, you can let the mind be still and silent um, and quiet. But for spirit, there's this holy rest that comes in. And for the spirit to be rejuvenated and refreshed, you have to give it over to God and say, Lord, I need your holy rest. So teach me and bring me into a place where I am underneath your wings, where I'm in your holy rest and where I can rest in you. Matthew 11, 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So God literally wants to take that on us. It's I think we kind of, we get into this, we fall into this fallacy that we need to do everything ourselves because we live in a world where you have to do the work and the grace doesn't really come in but that's flip-flopped, right? In the kingdom of God, so there's, there's earth and that's how the rules of earth work, right? But then there's the kingdom of God where it's grace over works. And when we enter into the kingdom of God and we say, okay, I am a child of God, I am part of the kingdom of God. It's not that we don't ever do works. We do works because we love God, but we don't do works for the grace. He offers this grace. He offers this love, this peace, this tranquility, this, you know, refreshment. And that is from his grace and poured out. And so we give that to him, and he wants to take that. And when we have that rest, then that amps us up and gets us excited, and we're like, oh, I want to go do these works because I'm happy to, because I can do this with a gentle spirit and a gentle heart and a joyful heart. And it's no longer this overwhelming and draining thing then. And just really going to God and saying, "Lord, like, can you pour out over me your peace and speak to me so that I can hear you, so I can come into this peace of knowing what you want for me and give me this this rest for my spirit." And as hard as that sounds to do, because in that we are denying our own um, will, we are denying our own place of I can save myself and we are acknowledging that we need a savior. But that's where we're going to find the true rest. And that's where we're going to find that we're not just getting through life, but we're actually enjoying things. Because even in seasons that are rough, there can be joy and lessons and grace to be found. And I think especially coming into this literal summer season, summer is such a beautiful thing. And it is such a time of Fun and just being a child. And you don't have to just be a teacher on summer break or a student to enjoy the summer and find the joy in that. And so not just getting through summer, but really enjoying it. Um, One last personal application I'll share is um, over Christmas, I remember it was Thanksgiving, and I was just, I was in a bad way. I was really begrudgingly upset that... I was going to have to go through another christmas yet again alone and i mean not like i hadn't been single for like ever but it, i just i kind of reached this point where it's just like i don't want to be alone this christmas and one of my good friends um she prayed with me and and she really reminded me that the lord would have things um in season that would be a blessing and i will admit i was like skeptical i was like yeah 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 and I actually had the best Christmas I've ever had. And I'm as single as you can possibly be, but I had the best Christmas ever. And it was because it was a season of fun and enjoying friendship and enjoying the Lord. And gosh, the crazy fun things that we did and the Lord proved true. And He had beautiful things for the season that I probably would not have gotten to enjoy as much had I been in a relationship. Um, Or even if I had been, I don't think it would have made a lot of difference because God had something for that time, and He was building a lot of foundational work for uh, friendships and joy in that. So I just want to encourage you guys today, even if you're not where you want to be, don't look at this as a season of getting through. Look at this as a season that God is going to bring out a holy rest, a holy peace, and just some really wonderful things. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the summer season coming about. Lord, we just pray for your holy rest upon our lives. We pray that you help us to come before you, holy and blameless, washed in your blood, and to be able to walk out in just this true refreshment that is the grace of God. In your name we pray. Amen.